Hey everybody! Today's uh, episode uh, brought to you by uh, with the Oyutlo company because um, we uh, partnership with them uh, this month. Uh, the men's health, men's mental health month going on. If you guys remember, there's a uh, some movement called No Shave November. You know, uh, this month, uh, November, this month is all about making awareness to uh, uh, so all the men's out there fighting for their their lives. And uh, putting their health in a second, and uh, maybe they putting the family first. The guess that I can make that they losing uh, their health. Uh, yeah. And uh, today's uh, episode is um, my special guest is Jack Van Tonder. He's a chief development officer at the OT. Um, and uh, thank you very much for coming, and thank you very much for accepting this invitation. Thank you very much. I'm really looking forward to uh, this discussion. Um, as we briefly discussed uh, before we started, it's a it's a topic that's uh, very close to my heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I would really like to share some of my uh, personal insights and um, and stories. So yeah, looking forward to the discussion. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And uh, by reading your biography, uh, you have a 20 years of experience in working uh, this mining sector, and uh, and uh, being in this sector, uh, you know. The most of people who works in the mining industries uh, contains the male side of the human being, right? And uh, working with them requires a different approach, I guess. And uh, and the mining sector is a uh, it's a way very different uh, sector which uh, asks different skills and a different form of working. You know, um, what I know is uh, people who works in OT they went. Uh, go to the mining site and takes like 14 days over there and some more than 14 days and comes back and lives with their family with the seven days and this is totally different lifestyle and uh, how do you see uh, those people what is the first require requirement mentally uh, to be over there uh, be a part of uh, uh, OT mining company yeah so Firstly, I think I, I need to clarify that, um, you know, I've started uh, in the mining industry, as you said, more than 20, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the mining industry has actually changed quite significantly in the, in the past 20 years to, you know, since, since I've started. Mm-hmm. Um, and also um, the question related to how long people are away from work, that, that has actually changed now, that uh, people are not on site for 14 days and they're home for seven days. They're actually on an even time roster where they actually spend 14 days on site and 14 days at home oh so equal. so equal time time roster so mm-hmm. so i actually think that is that is a really good roster for for team members to be because they spend a significant amount of time at home mm-hmm. um, i've worked different rosters throughout my career i've worked rosters where i've been away from two weeks and one week or nine and five or it just depends mm-hmm. um there's also the the potential for for uh, team members um, in other areas or other uh, countries or jurisdictions where you can actually try and work the roster that adopts to your lifestyle. So what I've seen is is that young people that just come out of university or get into the mining industry, 
they want to build a future for themselves and you know see how quickly they can save money so they are more than willing to you know work the longer hours but get the benefit for after let's say three or four years purchase a, a property or at least have a deposit for property and then when they get a partner or children then they want to go back to a roster that are mm-hmm. more family friendly so I think the mining industry has acknowledged that and um, they've actually adopted to to you know to to try and accommodate the different life cycles of, of people mm-hmm. um, there's also uh, mining areas where you stay residential where you don't actually have to do the fly in fly out where you stay close to the mine site you go in the morning you come back at night which like is everybody we, like everybody mm-hmm. um, but you need to make sure that in those locations where you stay you actually have the facilities and you actually have the infrastructure to support or attract young families to go and live there mm-hmm. um, and from my personal experience is you know if you've got good schooling good hospitals all that then people are willing to move to smaller areas not to stay in the city because they know that when the kids are young they can you know they can build a future for themselves and then when they go to high school or you know when they want to go study or then they move back to the city and then they go into the next cycle of 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 work mm-hmm. so i think the first question that i want to answer is like what is my experience and what are the skill sets needed to cope working on a remote mine site yeah. is obviously is you need you need really good support from your family members your partner or somebody that's really close to you because you need to talk to somebody every day about your daily activities and the things are good or bad also it's important to engage because we do have a lot of activities on site it's not as if people go to site work and go back to the room I mean there's a lot of social activities that we organize a lot of sport facilities that are available for team members to to engage in this cultural activity so we we're trying to accommodate all the people with all the walks of life that are interested in in, in different things mm-hmm. um, once again um, you have to you have to be able to talk about issues at work so you need to create a like a psychologically safe workplace for for people to be their authentic self and you know if they've got issues you know talk about them you need to we provide really good um, accommodation really good um, food so you can eat healthy that's for sure yeah <laughs> you can eat well you can sleep well uh, you get the exercise and uh, if you enjoy your work and you work for somebody that like treats you with respect then the time goes pretty quickly because you're going there with a specific goal um, and on a remote mind site it's sometimes better where you can focus on your work for those two weeks and then come back and then spend your entire time just with your family without being distracted <clears throat> so i would have loved to have been able to work like a two and two roster um, back 20 years ago when i started because when i started in industry that was never an option um, and and even even though um, in previous roles that i've had if you don't work on a mine site and you do like um, functional roles where you fly around quite a lot from different countries providing support to to other um, uh, sites you away from them quite significantly and a lot of people would think that uh, it's it's a really nice job to have to travel and, and stuff but it wears down pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, because <clears throat> you can only stay in so many hotels and you can only have so many breakfasts in hotels and you would much prefer to be at home uh, yeah, always, yeah. but when you're younger you know that's that's good you, you pick up the experience but i think that is very important is sleep well eat well um, engage with 
the people that you love. Make sure you've got a very close circle of friends. Mm-hmm. And don't overindulge in alcohol um, because what I've seen is um, a lot of people that are away from home, that's the way that they cope with things. Um, the people that don't overindulge in alcohol actually do really, really well um, because they fit um, and um, they look after themselves. Yeah. You just mentioned something that I need to know and uh, I want you to um, explain what it is. You said uh, you guys provide psychologically safe place, <coughs> psychologically safe environment, right? Yeah. Uh, please define what's the psychologically safe environment. Yeah. yeah. So I think the best way to explain it is that uh, when we start uh, a meeting, um, let's say we 10 people around the table, uh, before we even start the meeting, we go around and ask people how are they feeling today? Um, and we usually take a score out of one to ten, mm-hmm. um, and it's you know people people feel free to 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 say how they feel. So today, sitting here with you, I I'm a nine out of ten. Um, I've I've slept really well. I've ate, eaten really well. I did my exercise this morning. I'm excited to talk about a topic that I'm very passionate about. So so I'm an eight or a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody comes to us and they say they feel like a four or five, um, then you know they they should not should they 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 can feel free to explain that look i'm not feeling well i've got issues at at home that i have to resolve you know i didn't sleep well or so forth then we collectively as a team know that today you're not at your best you're at that four or five we should look after you uh, we know if you don't respond on things as quickly as possible that it's not it's it's not related to your performance it's just that today you've got an off day tomorrow you'll be at eight or nine again Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how it works. So it just gives us the opportunity to be open about how we're feeling today uh, mentally and, and physically. And that for us is to create that psychologically first workplace. The other thing is 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 for people to feel free to bring up issues if they're unhappy and talk about it without feeling that they're going to be discriminated against or they feel that um, they they're putting something out there that could put potentially in future prevent, you know, for, for them doing a good job. So for us it's about giving people the opportunity to speak openly and freely about what they feel, what their concerns are, without feeling that anybody would hold it against them. I think it's the easiest way for me to explain it. Uh, I'm not a psychologist, but yeah. that's my personal experience and that's what I'm trying to create for my team. It's a cultural journey. Um, and it will take time. Um, and as people start feeling more comfortable in seeing other people sharing how they feel and their emotions, um, I've seen that people actually start opening up. So it, it's a it's a process that we're going through. It's a cultural journey, but I'm very, very proud um, that our organisation is working really, really hard at that, and especially in the mining industry because the mining industry is seen as a very stoic, uh, very tough industry to be in. But... Um, you know, they're actually taking the, the lead role in this. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very proud that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm about to touch something uh, nice to touch, something not nice to touch. Um, it's, uh, you know, when you work uh, in a corporate uh, environment, there's always a competition <coughs> in between <coughs> employees and employees. Showing your vulnerable side is uh, something risky to other people, who you compete with, right? So how you guys manage that? Even now you guys are sharing those emotional part and how you feel. And, you know, 
I guess people can speak up what's going on behind the scene and how they feel themselves. And, uh, you know, it's a form of showing what vulnerable side, vulnerable side they have, right? So how you manage that? Yeah, for for me, the the way people get promoted or incentivized is around the quality of the work that they perform, mm-hmm. not around the emotions that they <coughs> that they share. I've actually seen people perform better in their work because they they feel that there's a burden lifted from them because there was something that bothered them, mm-hmm. an obstacle has been removed, and they're actually performing better. So you will always have competition everywhere where in life, but you don't get you don't get measured on by sharing your emotions or sharing your feelings. You mm-hmm. you actually get promoted or incentivized because you're actually doing a good job. You, mm-hmm. You've got a task to do. You've completed it at a very high quality and level, and that's how people get get recognised. Not by sharing your emotions. Um, I've I've actually seen our performance actually get better because people feel that they. They can be there, their self. If if somebody can't share how they really feel, I think that you've actually restricted some of their their thinking and and also their their output. Um, so my personal experience is that since we've started doing this, I haven't seen any any drop in performance. I've seen an uplift in performance. I've seen an uplift in the engagement from team members. And if there is a competition, it's something that's underlying that hasn't surfaced in a way, but. I, I agree with you. You will always have competition anywhere uh, in society. Тарих би энергийн хамгийнхийг нь зарцуулдаг. Тиймээс бид тарихаа маш сайн тийжээ хэрэгтэй. Тарихны тийжээл Brain Active Герман чанар. can you explain to us what's the disadvantage of uh, hiding your emotions uh, and uh, hiding what's going on with your life not in the workplace maybe in your uh, background life that someone who cannot see what's going on you know as uh, i mentioned the vulnerability that you have yeah uh, my personal experience or my thoughts please relate with the personal experience yeah. okay um firstly uh, before i answer uh, on my personal experience mm-hmm. um i think if if you suppress um your your emotions you build up things that at one stage or another is going to come out in the wrong way um in the wrong occasion um you might use words that are not appropriate at the time and you might tell or do something that uh you if you reflect on it you say you know i should have addressed this issue previously um and now it, it's blown up to something that is a lot bigger than 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 what it what it is okay so so that's one my personal experience about suppressing your emotions is is most probably a bit more deeper um in that I've got a family member um that that committed um suicide because you know um he he struggled to express his concerns or emotions and 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 so forth and and what it leaves you is as a close family member or somebody that's really close to that person you you feel a, you feel a sense of guilt because you think that you could have done something better mm-hmm. um you know um maybe if you saw the signs um earlier you could have addressed or, or or helped that that person but i actually think if you suppress your emotions you, you can make yourself physically sick because you can stress is not good for you and i think there's like i'm not a scientist but i i think stress causes a lot of other physical 
um, issues that that you that you might have. So I think suppressing any of your emotions and not talking about exactly how you feel can never be a, a good thing. I think the challenge that you have then is is how do you express it and who do you express it to? Because yes. that's that's what we struggle with as men. Um, because we always feel that nobody wants to hear your problems, uh, and secondly, is if people, f- if you talk to your to anybody close to you, um, they think that potentially you're weak, or you know they just don't have time for you. So, I want to encourage men to start talking, mm-hmm. um, because you know, the more you talk, the more the emotions get out there, the more people know about you, and the more they can support you. Mm-hmm. So that is my personal um, experience. Um, also, I did military service as a very young man when I was 18, 19. Um, in the military, there's very few people that show, show emotions. But what manifests after that is, is that when people completed their military service, then when they have to go back and go back into the community, they find it really difficult. The suicide rate for, for, for people that has done military service and have to go back um, is, is, is really, really bad. Um, and the reason for this is because there's no coping mechanism for them. They can't talk to somebody. There's no, there's no organisations that really support them. Mm-hmm. So back in, uh, back in Australia, um, I'm, I'm part of a military veterans organisation where we get together once, once a month. Uh, we just go for like a, a casual run in the morning. We have breakfast. And then everybody just sits around and actually talk to each other, like, how are you going? Like, how's the family going? Um, you know, is there anything we can help you with? And, and so forth. And there's other things that they've set up as well, uh, which they call, like, um, I'm not sure what is the what would be the equivalent in Mongolia, but they've got what they call, like, um, a shed or a man shed where people can get together once a month, um, well, every actually every weekend, where they can work on their hobbies with other men and talk and learn new skills and and so forth just to have the social interaction so that people that are struggling with mental health issues don't isolate themselves so Mm -hmm. that is that is a couple of um, things that i've been engaged with and and find really helpful Mm -hmm. i'm sorry for asking this uh, but uh, this part is very uh, unique and i need to know Um, you just mentioned that uh, you lost someone uh, for someone because of the suicide and uh, uh, what was what was his condition and uh, now like uh, looking back uh, during his life when he was alive uh, last days he he was with you guys did you guys uh, recognize something that indifferent than normal and how what was the those moments, that the last moments uh, of someone who's going to suicide? Um, it's, um, it's, you know, if you reflect on something like that, um, the signs were there, right? So it's not as if it's hidden, um, hidden signs. Mm-hmm. Right, so that I think that is the the most difficult thing for the people that stay behind because it was so obvious, but because you see the person every day, you just think, oh, you just have a bad day, mm-hmm. like it's just it's just another another bad uh, bad day. But uh, we we knew that that he was struggling for a, a very long time. Um, 
and and which 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 always made us worry uh, uh, about that. Mm-hmm. But on on reflection, is my personal experience is I, I used to catch up quite regularly um, with with him after work and you know have a have a discussion and and, and so forth. But I I think the week leading up to that. Um, on reflection, is he did say a lot of goodbyes to people, like not like goodbye as in just goodbye. Uh-huh. Felt like he was saying it for for a reason. Mm-hmm. He organised a lot of stuff. You know, he made sure that all his paperwork and all the um, you know insurances and like everything was like really well organised because he didn't want it to leave any loose ends when he's when he's gone Mm -hmm. Um, so i don't think somebody that does that does it um, like spur of the moment i think you think about a long 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 time Mm -hmm. so my 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 experience was that um, said a lot of goodbyes uh, made sure that a lot of things were in in place um, and yeah, I think that was most probably a telltale sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the morning that that it actually occurred, I was actually on my way there to to meet him because I was working. It was a Saturday. Uh, um, I, I was only working like um, in the morning, um, so I was finishing off lunch. And usually, I go like lunchtime just on my way back home, stop and say hello. Um, and uh, when I when I went through when I went past um, the, his business, the, the doors were closed, and it it felt like really strange. And I started making calls and stuff, and understood like why wasn't the business open? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, yeah, we called around to some family members, and um, yeah, I think about two hours later so we, we we got a call from the. From the police, and um, you know they they were at uh, at, uh, at the venue, and um, yeah, I, I, I basically the day after I went and you know went went and recognised and, and and all that type type of stuff, but yeah, saying goodbyes, getting all yours, everything a hundred percent in place, mm-hmm. um, I think is a is a sign that something is not not right because that's not like I won't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Normally, yeah. Um, for me, by the time like right after I, I heard your um, your condition during those times, uh, what happened during those times, I really want to know what was his condition, what was the cause of his suicide, and uh, do you guys know know about it or not? Yeah. What was the cause, like? Uh, I don't think you'll ever know why people do that. I mean, the cause is most probably depression, mm-hmm. all right? And then, you know, what causes the depression is, is something different for everybody, mm-hmm. all right? Um, I think he went through a uh, difficult time um, in his um, in his marriage, um, his second marriage um, as well. I, I think, you know, he started a new business, so there was a, there was a lot... A lot going on, mm-hmm. um, so I think people just don't see a way out. They they don't feel that they they contribute, and I think finally I think people think that the world or the people close to them will be better off if they're not there, and 
and, and that's why people do that. Um, I don't. I don't think uh, people do it as a selfish act. I, I think they do it because they think that they, in the way, they're not adding value, and that people would actually rather see them gone than being a burden on them. Um, I think that is most probably it. But I don't think you will ever ever know what somebody does. That um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is resiliency for you? Being resilient. What is for you? Yeah, resilience for me is, is and it's actually something that I always, these people ask me, you know, what, what I think is my strength, I always say resilience, but it's, it's also sometimes a weakness. So resilience means that you can deal with the daily things that life throw at you and still keep on going on, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter how bad things get or, you know, how bad the environment is, you still get your job done, you still do what you're supposed to do, but it depends on that and what is the cost of doing that. All right, um, you can maybe do it for one day or two days, but if you just build up that resilience that whatever life throws at you, you can handle. Physically, you can maybe handle it, but mentally, I think it will start wearing it down um, at, at the end. So for me, the resilience, the, the, the easiest definition for you to explain, for me to try and explain my mm-hmm. definition of how I'm resilient is to Whatever things get thrown at me, I'm still able to to perform. I'm still able to get the, my work done. I'm still getting my exercises done. I'm still able to spend time with the people I want to spend spend time with. But uh, if you're not resilient, is then then you break down. If things go wrong, you you don't you can't do your daily task. You can't actually do your work. You want to sit on a couch. You don't want to do anything. Um, you you know you 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 just you're not productive mm-hmm. if you don't have the, the resilience and my personal experience is that if you want to build up that resilience is you need to get, have certain tool sets to deal with that um, and from my what I've found that works for me is is you know to do the to do my exercises to do the sleep well not to overindulge in, in alcohol and then also have really close people that I can talk to that if I have an issue I can say look I'm struggling with this part. Um, you know, what's your thoughts? Can you give me some insights? Um, you should be humble enough to say that you're not coping and you're not doing well today or you're not doing well at something that people think you are doing well at. And then uh, what I found is that if you ro- reach out to the right people, um, it's amazing how much energy and support you actually get there. But you need to have the courage and the humility to actually reach out and open up. And open up. Because if you're not able to do that, um, it's it's really, really, really difficult to, mm-hmm. to deal with, you know, things that, that get thrown your way. The thing is, um, we're confusing resiliency uh, then, um, you know, as you mentioned, we need to open up ourselves and recognize our emotions and what we feel. It matters to someone who's living with us or working with us, and we need to spread that thing. But we're holding up all the things that they throw at us, and we're thinking that we are resilient, and we're holding up and keep on going. And keep going quietly, holding up all those punches they, they throw at us. And uh, we believed we're being resilient. And we don't know how to recognize our emotions. If you don't know how to uh, how to recognize your own emotion, how do you recognize someone else's emotion? So, in in our society, men's 
needs to hold up their family in their backs and uh, keep receiving all those punches from anywhere they throw at you. You keep receiving it. And if you are man enough, you need to be resilient enough to hold them up. And that's the confusion that we're having now by this time. Because my mom and dad and my brothers and sisters, all the people, they they thought us, life is not easy. You have to hold up and keep on going and being resilient. You are a man. You need to um, be more powerful than this. Because if you are a man, you have to hold up. Like they put us condition that it's not easy to sustain. And... Uh, Now, like, we need to calm down and talk. How important is recognizing our emotions and, uh, and spreading it? Recognizing is one thing. And spreading is, asks another courage, another level of courage. And my question is, how do you see us as a Mongols all Mongolians, do you think we can learn this uh, fast as we, uh, as soon as possible? Тарих бий энергийн хамгийн хийгэн зарцуулдаг. Тиймээс бид тарихаа маш сайн тийжээ хэрэгтэй. Тарихний тийжээл Brain Active Герман чатар. So firstly, I'm not a, an expert in uh, Mong- Mongolian culture. So I want to preempt uh, that with my, with my answer. Mm-hmm. But I have been very, very fortunate to make some really, really good friends outside of work mm-hmm. where I've been able to to experience like everything that Mongolian men find um, manly. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to attend r- wrestling camps, I've been able to horse ride, I've been able to go you know, horse branding, I've, I've done the Eagle Festivals, I've done a lot of things. Um, I've got really good friends in, uh, in Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been able to to see, I think, a cross culture of a lot of Mongolian men because the the men that go to Jiu-Jitsu is is a cross section of everybody. It's not just people working that I'm working with. So you'll find people that are doctors or lawyers. You'll find people that are policemen. You'll find people that are you know, motorbike people. You know, cross section. I think it's really difficult for somebody that's a mature male to learn the skill to. <laughs> To, to be vulnerable and talk about things because we've just we just haven't been brought up that way okay and um, in reflection I think is is it actually starts when you're young all right um, so for example when I grew up like when you cry as a boy you are told boys don't cry yes all right which means that you should never cry so you should never show your emotions I'm not saying everybody should just start crying for no reason, but what I'm saying is, is if somebody has a really deep emotional feeling and they're unhappy about something, what is the physical uh, thing that happens to them is they, they want to cry. And if you suppress that um, and tell them that you don't ever cry, um, it's going to be really difficult for them when they grow up to, to express their emotions. And I think it's, it's actually n- not good for relationships as well because when you've got a partner one day and you don't want to share your emotions it's not good for 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 both mm-hmm. so i think it, i think we should start from a younger age to say look it's not bad to show your emotions um, we just need to try and how do you monitor your emotions mm-hmm. um, i think it's, it's it's better it's very difficult for men to to cry in front of of anybody 
uh, right? Um, you know, I, I get emotional if I talk about emotional subjects or people that are close to me. Um, but I will always show my emotion. Um, I don't try and you know suppress it. Um, but I don't. I don't think we should go around and tell everybody that you know you know you should now start crying about something or you know you should you know share all your problems with everybody. But I do think a good start would be is if if you find a really really close friend. Um, if you don't want to feel burden that you burden your family or your or your partner, find a close friend to say look. I'm really struggling with this. Um, you know, this is my emotion. This is how I feel. You know, can what's your guidance or what is your feedback? Sometimes I don't need somebody to give me advice. I just want somebody to listen to me and talk to me, and and then you know I feel you know 100% better. So I think start young, um, change the culture that if you show your emotion, it's a weakness because it is not. Um, and then find somebody that you can trust to share your emotion, emotions with. And then I think, lastly, just to share with you, is some of the most respected men that I've met in my life, that if you don't know them, you will think they are very stoic, they are very professional, they never, never show their emotions. But the reason I've got respect for them is because I've actually seen their emotional side. They are, and they haven't shown it to everybody. But they are very, very, very strong, manly men. But what makes them manly and strong is because they can also have a vulnerable side to them and they can also show their emotions in the right circumstances under the right conditions. Um, and, yeah, I think that would be my advice. Mm -hmm. um, do you go to psychologists? No. I've I've never I've never visited a, a psychologist, um, but I do have very close friends, uh, maybe two or three. Um, I would say two really close friends that if I'm struggling with issues or making life decisions, um, you know, I would give them a call and say, "Hey, you know, you've known me for forty years. Um, you know, I, I have to make this decision. Um, I'm really struggling with this. Um, this is my current emotions. This is how I feel." Um, if you were in my shoes, you know what would you do? All right. So, and sometimes, sometimes I will talk, and they won't answer, mm -hmm. and then it turns out that I've I've actually given the answer to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is which is funny is because they say, okay, so why did you call me? I said, well, I just wanted you to listen because this is the this is my thought process. I went through it, but it, anyway, thanks for the call. But um, yeah, I made up I've made up my mind. I've, I've I got to the solution. But thanks for being there. Uh -huh. that, that's sometimes all you need, but um, no, I personally hasn't been to to, uh, to a psychologist. Um, no. Hey guys, it doesn't mean that you don't have to go to psychologist. <laughs> Jack has this, that two friends is more than one psychologist who listens and knows how to respond to him. Yeah. Over time, they made this bond, you know. Yeah. So if you have that two friend like him, don't don't go. But yeah. if you don't have them, <laughs> yeah. don't don't give a doubt. Just go to see the psychologist. Have one. Yeah, see exactly. So, so I think uh, the advantage that I have is I've got two friends that know me for forty years. So that is eighty years of experience. I don't think uh, one person will be able to get like eighty years of experience uh, with me. But I, I do agree. If you don't have someone like that, psychologists are not there to uh -huh. analyze you or tell you there's something wrong with you. I think the role of a psychologist is there just for you to talk to. 
mm-hmm. and being able to share that. Um, it's not there's nothing wrong with you to to talk to a psychologist um, as well. And sometimes people don't want to talk to a psychologist; they want to talk to a spiritual leader or what they believe in, whatever works for them. But if you really think that you're struggling, really, really struggling to get hold of your emotions and don't understand what's going on with you, yes, then a psychologist that is a professionally trained person that that knows what are the steps that you can go through to help you is the best option if you don't have somebody close. Mm-hmm. That's uh, valuable information just you gave. Um, I hope my, my audience will understand this and uh, execute as it is. <clears throat> It's been a while uh, since you came in here in Mongolia. It's been two years, right? More than two years. Uh, two years. Two years. Yeah. So, uh, what was your first impression when you arrived over, over here? Yes. Yeah, so I have to preempt it that uh, when I came here two years ago, it was not my first time. Ah. I've actually been in and out of Mongolia since 2014 in, in various roles. So I've been really fortunate to see um, the country develop since 2014 to, mm-hmm. to now. I was offered a role back in 2014, um, but I didn't take up the opportunity because my son was in uh, in high school. Um, I didn't want to take him out and, and break his education and, and obviously make sure he, he gets into to university. But uh, Mongolia has always had a special place for me, so when this opportunity came up, I, 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 I took it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my first impression is I was blown away like everybody else um, that's come here, all the experts that's come here is just amazed about the friendliness of the people, the culture, the mystique of the of the country, um, especially during summer, you know, if you can get out, the nature is just just amazing. So for me, everything here, it's, it's interesting because people always ask me, they say, Jacques, you, you know, you know, if you go to Mongolia, you're going to eat a lot of meat. And I, <laughs> I just laughed. And I said, you know, I'm from South Africa. <laughs> like, I don't think there's a country in the world that eats more meat than us. Um, mm. um, so, no, I've, I've just, I, I love this country so much. And uh, one of the things that I do want to leave behind is not only the project. All right? I want to, I want to leave something behind more than that. I want to contribute to the community, I want to contribute to men's health, I want to contribute, I don't want to be somebody that just comes here and takes something, I want to, I want to leave something here, and um, you know, I'm so in love with this country, um, you know, I might, I might even stay here forever if I can, so um, I just, I just love Mongolia. Wow, uh, I really appreciate that, that you feel and think uh, that way about us, and um, you know, I want to know the discipline, I I think um, you mentioned it. Um, since 18 and 19 years old, you went to the military, and I think <laughs> since that time, the discipline started forming on you, right? And uh, now, what is the most important disciplines that you have in daily basis that you follow up? And uh, you know, this country has a very uh, young population. And now is a very good timing to let them know what is the life disciplines that you should know to grow up, especially when it comes to man. You know, doing something once is one thing, but doing that thing every day, seasonally, annually, maybe decade, that's the different thing. It requires discipline. So... I believe you have uh, formed very great disciplines, so I need you to share with us. Yeah, I'll, I'll most probably um, start off by just explaining my daily 
routine and I, 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 I do a lot of reading and I, I watch a lot of uh, videos as well to, mm-hmm. for, for self-improvement and I think when it comes to discipline, Mike Tyson, the ex-boxer, used to say, you know, doing something you hate like you love it, all right? So that is that is really important to, to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the discipline as well, things that I've learned from the, the military is obviously waking up very, very, very early. Mm-hmm. Getting a lot, lot of stuff done before eight in the morning, so you feel actually a sense of accomplishment before everybody else has actually stood up. <laughs> so that is that is that is the useful. winner mentality that yeah. you have in the morning. <laughs> yeah, because if you do something in the morning, you already feel like, like you've accomplished something. Um, I also have like a bucket list item, like at the end of the year, I always write down what is my one year, three year, five year, ten year plan, what I want to do. I always have. Um, some goals that I want to achieve. So, mm-hmm. um, like um, next year, I'm I'm currently training for the Marathon Disables, which is a race in in in, in Morocco, mm-hmm. and I'm also doing the the Mongol Derby. So it's two like really big bucket list items that keeps me focused, gives me motivation, and I I don't really have a choice because I've paid for it. I really have to start training <laughs> for it now because I'm not going to get the money back. So okay. I put myself in a position where I, I don't have an option but to. Um, look after myself, train hard, and, and and achieve achieve stuff. So what I've learned that works for me is I wake up wake up early early in the morning. Um, I I take a cold shower. I don't take a, a hot shower. But mm-hmm. Cold showers I felt has helped me. It like kickstarts me for the day, uh, physically and mentally. Because mentally I already feel that I've achieved something that is difficult to to do. Um, I do intermittent fasting um, um, as well and, and then I make just sure throughout the day that I, I eat healthy. Um, I'm fortunate I've never learned to smoke. I really tried hard when I was in the military to smoke and I just couldn't like inhale it so mm-hmm. I think I've got an advantage where I don't rely on cigarettes or, or anything so that is a big advantage because if you look at the deaths, um, you know, the main causes for death in like lung cancer and kidney failures, it's all related to lifestyle, right? So smoking and drinking excessively and so forth. I'm not saying people should stop drinking. I'm just saying, like, moderate what you drink and how much you drink and, you know, um, and how you do things. So I think for me is wake up early, have a cold shower, eat moderately, exercise, irrespective of where I am in the world or what I do. I always try to do some type of exercise, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes, just quickly, um, because it feels that I've, I've done something well then. Mm-hmm. Um, then concentrate on my on my work, and then I I don't watch a lot of television and stuff. I just don't have the time for sitting there and, and, and watching television the the whole day. So I usually either if I don't train in the morning, I try and train train in the afternoon or after work, and then have a decent dinner. And then I try to be in bed at ten. I always try to get at least seven hours sleep. So I, I think that's it. Um, you know, sleep well, eat well exercise i don't think it's very complicated uh, routine and i think anybody in the world will tell you that that is most probably like 80% of it тарих би энергийн хамгийн хийгэн зарцуулдаг тиймээс бид тарихаа маш сайн тийж хэрэгтэй тарихны тийжэл brain active okay jack uh, jack uh, today my morning started very great uh, because of you I just uh, spoke with you and uh, and uh, you know you are older than me and you have so much experience 
and uh, I was wondering what to do in certain topics. And now, even I knew those things uh, will help me, but sometimes the reminder needs to come from some somewhere that didn't expect. You know, uh, it came it came from you. And uh, I hope my audience will catch all this information and, and spread it, and especially use it and make something out of it. And that's what I want. And uh, thank you again for coming coming to us and then uh, shared all this information. I hope this one uh, uh, will happen again. Yeah. Well. Thank you. As I've said in the beginning uh, in our discussion, it, it was something that I'm really passionate about. I think we can talk about the subject you know, for hours and hours and hours. And, uh, you know, it would be good if you can have more men around the table yes, talking about it and just not one-on-one -on -one discussions because I think the discussions will just become richer and richer and richer and you'll learn more and more experience. I mean, the purpose of me coming to talk to you today is not to try and tell people what to do or, you know, advice um, like I said I'm not a psychologist um, I'm just glad that I was able to answer some of your questions and just say what works for me and, and my life experience and I'm sure there's million and millions of stories that are, are more interesting or more beneficial to, to, to people but I, I hope for the time that I've spent with you I, I, I was adding some value to, to, you, to your audience and once again every time I've talked to people about this Anybody can feel free to contact me as well and talk to me personally. Uh, I think I'm pretty easy to get uh, hold of. I don't think any of my emails or phone numbers are, are top secret. Mm -hmm. So if any of your audience members want to have a coffee or want to have a catch-up or just chat, um, I'm available for that. But I'm, I'm looking forward to have a follow-up discussion uh, with you as well. So thanks for the opportunity. Thank you again. Okay, guys. Uh in a nigum the Amachotlik Taukum, Natar Hilutum with Jor, Yadikir, in Nigum Jogasa, Hoyer Hussis, Burtzma, Erktem, Tegabarlasa, and get Yalata Turzumba, get Irshut, the Bitnerutik, Tarmton, Yamrim Jetavik Taukum, Yaksova, Potta Dutskimbal, Undurbetik, Kte, in Darmtas, Old Patagar, Urt Holtjots, Tilsanani. Mitrimjute Bustawat Skubak and Ayul Yamur Betik Taukum, Mitrin Yerenes Anzarsmach. To get a bit Taukum de Jarklik Sitik, Kte in Jarklik Tamit Pechich Mitrin, a thousand Zulin Balansik, Alchich in Jarklata, Ochwak, to get a big grilly, Daragin Dorf Twerta, Tanjarklikusi. The Tabishin to Sultan Simban, Bidibilkism with the little tent, here was Sungish Nat Jarasho. Мэдээж амьдралын маягтаа холбоотой өөрчлөлтийг иймэрхүү хөдөлгөөний мэдээллийг авмагцаа шууд өөрчлөлт нэдэг бол хурлаа. Танаас хүчин чармаал тууштай байдал шаардах болно. За, тууштай байдал гэснээс бидний бэлтж байгаа мэдээ мэдээллийг цаашдаа үргэлж авахыг хүсэж байгаа бол манай YouTube хуудсанд заавал subscribe дараа байна. Хажуудтад нь байгаа хонхыг дарчих юм бол орж байгаа мэдээлэл цаг тухайн танд notification хэлбэрээр очих болно. Тэгээд хизээ орн төдий та мэдээлэл авах боломжтой. Энэ нь 
ямар нэгэн үн төлбөр авахгүйгээр нэгтгийг үрж байгаа зүйл шүү. Биднтэй олон хүн нэгтгэж тусан бидний мэдээлэл улам маримн ихээр бэлтгэгдэж та хүнд хөрөгч тоон байгаа. За тэгээд нэвтрүүлэгтэй холбоотой санал хүсэлтийг коммент хэлбэрээр доор үлдэж болно. Үгүй болвол Instagram болон Facebook хуцаар дамжуулаад биднтэй холбогдож болно шүү. За ямар таш би танаас амжилтан гоожин биднтэй нэгдээрээ subscribe бараагаа тэгээд хонхын тук тук дарсаарай. За ингээд биднтэй хамт байдаг үргэлж баярлдаг шүү. Дараагийн дугаар хүртэл баяртай хайртай шүү.